Hi, I'm Jules from Riddle Me That True Crime. I'm Robin Warder from The Trail Went Cold, and Jules and I want to tell you a little bit about a case that means a great deal to us, the death of nine-month-old baby Jacob Landin on April the 10th, 1987 in Socorro, New Mexico. The day prior to his death on April 9th, baby Jacob was being watched by his mother Brenda's new boyfriend, John not his real name, in his mobile home on 1453 Fatima Drive. While John was babysitting Jacob, Jacob would incur what would be his second head injury in a period of weeks. The prior head injury was a subdural hematoma or brain bleed, and it was serious enough that it needed to be lanced to take pressure off baby Jacob's brain while being monitored by doctors over the course of several days. The circumstances surrounding how Jacob was injured and subsequently died are murky at best with the suspect giving multiple versions of the events of the day, ranging from Jacob choking and accidentally hitting his head while trying to dislodge a cookie, to Jacob falling and John returning to see the injured infant. The suspect also reportedly confessed to officers that he was indeed responsible, but there is no paper or audio record of this confession in the police file. The reasons given by the DA for not pursuing the case are confusing as well, with one of the reasons being that they were worried that John would file charges against the state. It was the opinion of the doctors that baby Jacob was struck in the head and this was no accident. In the years to follow, John goes on to sexually abuse young Eric, who well as physically abusing his mother Brenda and emotionally abusing and isolating them both, making the world very small. During the autopsy, layers of abuse seem to be present. A healing rib fracture from around the time of the first head injury is also discovered. It's impossible to say exactly when the injury took place, but what is clear is that someone was abusing young Jacob, and that person was most likely John. Eric Landine, Jacob's brother, has been fighting to get justice for him. However, he faces some obstacles, such as the statute of limitations of six years on second-degree murder that State Representative Bill Ream has petitioned to have overturned. Join Robin and I, as well as criminologist Dr. Ashley Wellman, an investigative expert, a legal expert, a forensic psychiatrist, as well as Jacob's brother, Eric, as we explore all angles of this case and try to bring awareness, understanding, and hopefully, ultimately, justice for Jacob. The series starts on March the 1st. Tune in on your favorite podcast app. Come gather around the campfire and hear our ghostly tales of chilling terrors, darkest woes, and anything that goes bump in the night. So cuddle up with your best friend or dare it alone. The darkness is closing in and spirits are calling your name. This is Fireside Phantoms. Welcome to another edition of Paranormal and Paranoid News. Well, thank you. I'm very excited today to hear what you have in store for us. We have a lot. It's a beautiful rainy day outside, so we thought this would be a great time to tell some scary stories. My first piece is not necessarily a piece of news. It's just something I stumbled across, which I thought was really interesting. Have you ever seen the movie The Evil Dead 2? No. (laughs) So have you ever seen the movie The Evil Dead No, but it sounds awesome. Yeah, it's pretty good. It's a classic horror film. Is it about zombies? No, it's about these four, like, um, I think they're in their early 20s, and they go up to this cabin in the woods, and then they unleash a demon that lives in the the cabin. Demons are good. Yeah, the the demon's angry that it woke them up, that they woke him up, and so he runs around, and he possesses all of them and turns them against each other. (laughs) 
bloody bloody blah. It's good. It's it's a good movie. It's um, Sam Raimi was is one of his first films. He was oh. a big director now, and it starred Bruce Campbell, and they made a whole franchise out of it. Well, the second movie, I'm actually never sure that I saw the first one, but I did see the second one, and it's a continuation of the first story. So in The Evil Dead 2, there's a scene where um, Bruce Campbell's character gets bit by one of the possessed people, and it makes his hand possessed. Oh, and so he ultimately ends up chainsawing his hand off. Oh, wow. And then the hand runs around the rest of the movie trying to oh, kill him like and other thing. people. Kind of. It, it's just a, a possessed hand that's running around throughout the movie trying to kill people. And it's hilarious, right? Yeah. Well, it turns out, Carol, possessed hands are actually a real medical thing. No, they're not. Hands that try to kill you are a real thing. Yeah, it's called the alien hand syndrome, and it actually exists. It's medically defined. And let me tell you about it because it's really interesting. Please do. I've never heard of this. Yeah, it's I, I hadn't either, but I knew that Evil Dead 2, I always thought it was funny that his hand was possessed <laughs> and trying to kill him, but I had no idea that it actually does exist. Wow. <laughs> yes. So... Alien people that have this syndrome, the alien hand syndrome, which we'll call AHS as we move forward, they're known to have hands that will hit and scratch their owners, pull the person's hair, undo things that the person has just done, like turn off the light switch, they'll turn it back on. They button up a blouse, the other hand will unbutton it. So that two hands are fighting with each other? Kind of. Yeah, I'll get into that. But yeah, one hand will do one thing and the other hand will undo what the other hand just did. Okay, that is super trippy. Isn't that a trip? So um, some of these alien hands will float up into the air on their own accord. They'll pick up and they'll fondle random objects without the person knowing it. Yeah. So they're perverted hands. Yeah, they're perverted hands. And yes, it can even choke a person to death. And... If you're driving down the road and you happen to have an alien hand, that hand might take the steering wheel and jerk the car off the road. It can cause accidents. Okay, okay, this must be a very, 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 very rare it is occurrence. Very, it is very rare, and we'll talk about How that too. How rare it is. Please <laughs> tell me hardly anybody has this. Uh, no, hardly anybody does have it. And okay. I'll, I'll tell you those stats here in a second. In some cases, the alien hand will hold on so tightly to an object that the owner of said hand will have to pull off and hold back each finger to get it to release its grip. So right now, Carol's alien's hand is flipping me off. <laughs> <laughs> Tell that thing to behave. You settle that hand. <laughs> so a person with alien hand syndrome will feel that the hand no longer belongs to them. They may have feeling in that hand itself, but they disassociate from it. They feel that the hand is no longer under their control and that it is possessed or evil. <laughs> People who are afflicted with AHS. I'm sorry, that's terrible that I'm laughing, but it's, it's just it's a, absurd it's to think about and in my totally mind. Absurd. And it gets even more absurd as I tell you why this condition exists and what happens or what they think happens because it makes it exist. Um, people who are afflicted with AHS have even been known to speak to their hand and try to get it to understand that it needs to behave. And they may even punish the hand and restrain it if they feel it is necessary. That would be horrible, trying to get it to cooperate, you know, washing the dishes. Yeah, and 
Yeah, no, it's, and it's handling knives. Can yeah, you imagine that. I wouldn't let my alien hand handle a knife. I'd be like, no, you're or in time out. Scissors. Absolutely. Forget not. about it. Nope. You go into the corner and think about what you just did. That's right. That's what I would tell it. So anyway, alien hand syndrome is a condition that can be caused by strokes, traumatic brain injuries, tumors, neurodegenerative diseases, and brain aneurysms. It can also, Carol, be caused by surgery. For example, there is a surgery called corpus colostomy in which a surgeon separates the left hemisphere of the brain from the right hemisphere of the brain. They do this to treat people with severe epilepsy. But it creates this condition because it disrupts the communication between the left and the right side of the brain. So there was a neurobiologist named Roger Sperry, and he gave AHS patients a block puzzle with an image on it. He asked them to put the blocks together to form the same image he showed them on a piece of paper. When the patients did this just using the left hand, which is controlled by the right hemisphere of the brain, they did pretty well at solving the puzzle. When they tried to solve the puzzle with the right hand, which is controlled by the left side of the brain, the hand did not, quote, know what to do. When the left hand tried to help the right hand, the right hand and the left hand ended up fighting like, quote, two young children, end quote. So Sperry concluded that each side of the brain has its own unique consciousness independent of the other side. He found that, quote, each hemisphere is a conscious system in its own right, perceiving, thinking, remembering, reasoning, willing, and emoting, end quote. That is fascinating. Isn't that crazy? You know, we've heard when we were children, I think, I think it's like kind of past our generation now that they don't bring it up, but it used to be that if you were left-handed you were forced to become right-handed because um, even some spiritual superstitions regarding that, that like the left hand is ruled by the devil and Mm -hmm. you're of God if you're of Mm right-handedness. And so a lot of us lefties, myself included, were (laughs) trained to be right-handed. Right. But it screwed up my brain, Holly. What about people who are ambidextrous? (laughs) What do they say about that? Well, I mean, I think ambidextrous people maybe have started off left-handed and then were taught right-handed and but never lost their ability the to use the left hand yeah yeah and yeah. so they're now pretty good at both yeah but i think it's fascinating that the this scientist has discovered that we actually have two different personalities in our brain that only come together because of their connection that's fascinating that's that absolutely cr- fascinating isn't that fascinating however after further research and mri studies of ahs patients Doctors still do not understand where the signals are coming from that drive the movements of the alien hand. They are not picking up on the origin of the electrical signals telling the alien hand to move on their MRI scans. So that remains a mystery. Perhaps it's Satan. Yeah. (laughs) Perhaps aliens? That's what I'm thinking. Because it is an alien hand. So it is an actual affliction. And like you said earlier, it is really rare to have. From 1996 to 2011, only about 150 people were seen at the Mayo Clinic with this syndrome. 
So it's very, very rare. I wonder how many people do seek help for it. I mean, or if they just beat beat up the other hand with the other hand. That's the thing. They they fight like they're siblings or something. It's really weird because it's like this one hand. It can't get access to the other side of the brain, so it's not sure how to process the information. So it doesn't quite know what to do, and so it does its own thing, which is really bizarre. It, that is the craziest story, Isn't that Holly. Crazy? I would just have to like sit on my hand. Yeah, the whole time. a lot of people will restrain the hand, and I also read that some people do eventually um, they heal out of it. So maybe the connection between the two sides gets reestablished. Um, eventually, they grow out of the the issue and they get control of the hand back. Some people don't. So, for example, Carol, there was this one guy. Actually, you know what? If you guys have kids in the room, uh, now would be a good time to send them out of the room because this isn't meant for young ears. So uh, go ahead and usher your kids away. Okay. So now, Carol, um, there was a case of a guy who had AHS after he had suffered a stroke. So when he would go out in public, he wouldn't realize it, but his alien evil hand would unbutton his pants and pull at his penis and he would pleasure himself in public. And he was not aware that he was doing this. And that was his defense or... (laughs) That's pretty funny. (laughs) That's what he tried to claim. But yeah, but that's how these hands can work. Like it's like having a toddler attached to your body that you never quite know what it's doing because it's just doing its own thing. Super freaky. I don't, I don't, can't even, this is, you've blown my brain. I, my brain was blown when I read about it. I was like, what? That's a real yeah. thing? Instead of, the devil made me do it. Yeah. It'll be like, <laughs> my alien it's hands. my alien hands, my alien hands that made work. me do it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I read about this. I'm like, oh, I've got to talk about this. This is oh, amazing. Wow. Yeah, it's crazy. So anyway, that's the alien hand syndrome. If you ever run into somebody with it, you'll know what to do. Just stay away from their hands. <laughs> you never know who's going to reach get, out and attack you. Yeah, don't get in the car with them either. <laughs> no, don't. They'll just drink that steering wheel right out of your hands and you're screwed. Yeah. My next story is from mysterywire.com, and it's about a real estate company that's actually now offering a very unique service. Isoldmyhouse.com is offering a cleaning service for homes that are haunted. Boy, that's all the homes in Portland, yeah, really. Pretty, pretty much any house that was ever built. I soldmyhouse.com has partnered with an exorcist and are offering her services to people that want to quote unquote clean their haunted house before they sell it. Guilt-free, I suppose. Or to those who have just accidentally bought a haunted house and now need to exterminate the ghost appendage attached to their new dwelling. So they have to go through a full exorcism each time or just a little bit of sage? I don't know because she offers a free consultation where I would imagine that they discuss what needs to be done in the house. But if she has to do an exorcism, she will charge you for that and her travel fees. And a real priest will come over. I don't know if she's a real priest. Um, She just calls herself an exorcist. I don't know what her background is. I didn't really look into it any further than that. I'm calling her. You should. I mean, what happened with your alarm? Yeah, you know. know? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) My alarm is mysteriously getting set off with nobody inside. So we're just trying to figure this out. We're pretty sure it's a ghost. Yeah. Yeah. Um, We're the jury's out on that one. But we're (laughs) we're we're gathering evidence. Yes. Gathering evidence. Um, Do you have cameras set up in your house? You should. No. See if like objects get moved by their own accord. <laughs> I'm just curious. <laughs> we have cameras outside, but not inside. Yeah. 
We haven't gotten to that point yet. Mm, okay. I'm pretty sure if I had it inside, I would catch my dogs peeing where they're not supposed to. <laughs> Getting up on the table looking for food. Yeah. <laughs> A little Snickers. <laughs> that Snickers that dog is so cute. <laughs> oh my God. I love that dog. Um, the isoldmyhouse.com website decided to do some interesting research to see what kind of market there is out there for this kind of service. And what they found is this. After surveying about 5,000 Americans, they found that 61% of those surveyed would not buy a haunted house or a house that was just rumored to be haunted. You know, Holly, this reminds me of that website where you can go and research who's died in your home. Yes. Now, Oregon doesn't have their database uploaded to the site, so I've been really disappointed about that. But you can live in other states, and actually, if you've bought a home, mm -hmm. you can go to um, diedinmyhouse.com yeah. yep. and look up your address and see who has actually died in your home. And possibly, if you find that, you know, somebody's died in there, you might have a ghost. Yeah. I'd want to know who died in my house. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely. Yeah, it's a great idea. I have no idea how you have to think about how huge the research would have to be to figure out all of those houses. I don't know how you would do it, but yeah, it's fascinating, though. Mm -hmm. They also this website also noted that if a house is rumored to be haunted, it will sit on the market 133 days longer than a normal house will. Wow. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because the majority of people are scared to move in. I, I would be scared to move Smart. in. I don't know that there's a house out there that would be perfect enough for me to overlook a ghost. I just wouldn't want to. Hmm. I just don't know what house that would be that would entice me enough. Well, if they had a friendly ghost, I wouldn't mind moving in. Yeah, I guess that would be okay. Except for friendly ghosts still can create havoc, like yeah. move your keys, crap like that. It can still do little things that would be annoying. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't like that. Um, they also did some research about the top 10 most haunted states that they, um, I guess, have asked people to vote. And in order, number one was Kansas. No. Which I thought was interesting. That is not. They're just trying to get publicity for Kansas. Maybe. Nothing happens there. <laughs> I don't believe that. Fake news. Fake news. Number two, though, is probably more legit. Massachusetts. Oh, I definitely believe Massachusetts. I think so, too. I think so, too. Number three was Texas. Oh, yeah. Number four was Washington, D.C., which is not technically a state, but whatever. Number five was Oklahoma. Number six was Pennsylvania. Number seven was Iowa. Number eight was Kentucky. Number nine was Alaska. Hmm. And number 10 was your home state of Colorado. Yeah. Okay. So... I don't know why I'm thinking the majority of the states would that I think should be haunted would be on the East Coast because it has more history. But I guess, you know, Colorado with all the wild, wild west shootings. Yeah, same thing with Texas. Mm -hmm. And I would expect that, like, Arizona, New Mexico, uh, California would be on sunburn. that list. Yeah. Well, because of all that old wild west stuff. Like, you know, oh, yeah. I guess when I think of the old wild west, I think of, like, Doc Holliday and White Earp mm -hmm. and Tombstone and stuff horse, like that. Horse accidents. Yeah, but, of course, the wild west was everywhere. But I, that's what I think because of the movies, I'm sure. Wait, and where's our state? Because we're we've got the rain, you know that brings in the spooks. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I just did the top ten, and those were the ten that they got feedback on. I guess. Hmm. So very you know. interesting. Yeah, I thought so.
So then my next story is an update for you that I have from MysteriousUniverse.com. So remember a few weeks ago when I told you that the Oklahoma State Rep, Justin Humphrey, wanted to pass that bill in Oklahoma State Legislator about the Bigfoot hunting license mm-hmm. for Bigfoot hunters? Well, <laughs> apparently that didn't go over so well. <laughs> yeah, apparently not. Everybody listened to our show and was And they like, were like, that's bullshit. Yeah. yeah. No, he was immediately reprimanded for his idea by Bigfoot lovers from around the country about how evil his bill was towards Bigfoot. Um, <laughs> he also got taken to task over the fact that that's a bill that's dangerous just to people because you might think someone's a and Bigfoot you, and then you shoot them. You brought that point up mm-hmm. in your episode that yeah. that could happen. Yeah, it was a bad idea. Um, I think his heart's in the right place, but it was a bad idea, you know. Mm-hmm. So, But he hasn't let it go. He actually did say, um, we've got to get some language, make sure that we protect Bigfoot and that we protected the public so that nobody is injured. But he is also not letting it go entirely. Instead of trying to get a Bigfoot license pushed through, he's changed his tactic. And boy, has he ever changed his tactic, Carol. What is he (laughs) going to do now? It's pretty crazy. Uh, Justin Humphrey has teamed up with the Oklahoma Tourism Board and came up with an idea called Sasquatch Quest. Instead of injuring or killing a Bigfoot, now he is offering a $25,000 reward Whoa. for the capture of a Bigfoot. There you go. Even though I'm not sure how you're going to capture a Bigfoot, it still sounds dangerous to me. But of course, this idea has spurred a lot of attention. Attention as well from Hollywood, who apparently is working on a Bigfoot movie. There's some producers in Hollywood working on this Bigfoot movie. They heard about his idea and they said, well, okay. If you're willing to throw in $25,000, we will throw in $2 million. Well, they're doing that because Bigfoot doesn't reside in Oklahoma. Well, they seem to think that he does. And I will tell you more about that here in just a second. Oh, do tell. $2 million from Hollywood producers who are clearly just trying to promote their film. Yeah. And $25,000 from the state of Oklahoma to say, hey, if you're able to capture a Bigfoot, there's good money in it for you. There is another company that did not was not named in the article that said that they'll kick in another $100,000. So now the bounty on Bigfoot's head is $2.125 million. <laughs> So Humphrey is stoked about this idea because of the kind of money it will bring into his state in terms of tourism dollars. He said, quote, it's a lot of fun. I'm enjoying it. But at the same time, I know a lot of people thought I was crazy. (laughs) Yeah, we still do. But I think if people chill out, they could see that this could be a serious deal of bringing in a lot of money and a lot of tourism. Mm -hmm. So, um... The reason that they want to do this, apparently there have been a lot of sightings in the state of Oklahoma of Bigfoot. I kind of think that Bigfoot is pretty much everywhere, but it's because he's associated with forests and we Mm -hmm. have a lot of forests up here. We kind of claim him as our creature. Yeah, he is ours. He is kind of ours, but I think he can be seen in other areas. That bums me out. (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) So anyway, the Oklahoma Tourism Department is also on board with this idea. They have developed marketing to entice people to the state to go Bigfoot hunting. They are creating a license plate, decals, and maps to the areas where Bigfoots are most commonly seen. 
They will also publish a commemorative tracking license, and they have Bigfoot checkout stations. Maybe it's just me, but isn't Oklahoma just like flat plains? I mean, where does I, Bigfoot hide? I don't know. I've never been to Oklahoma. I haven't either. If I just watched the musical. If, you, <laughs> <laughs> if you're in Oklahoma and you're listening to our show, can you please just shoot us an email or on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, whatever, and just tell us, what is Oklahoma like? Do you have a lot of forests there? Are there places where Bigfoot hangs out? We don't, We honestly don't know. We're not trying to be disrespectful. We're just trying to understand. Yeah. Show us where you think Bigfoot might be. Also, if you could write us and tell us what a Bigfoot checkout station is. I don't know what that means. I couldn't find any other information about it. But I'm assuming it's where you would bring your Bigfoot to be checked out. Like to make sure it's a real Bigfoot. <laughs> Like, I keep picturing, like, a checkout station from, like, Target or something, and you bring your Bigfoot, and they're like, and yeah, that's a Bigfoot it. to me. Doot, here's doot, some doot, scat doot. I found. Here's a footprint. Here's some fur. Oh, hey, here's my Bigfoot. Oh, yeah, this looks legitimate. You're right. I don't know what that means. So if you can tell us what your state looks like and where Bigfoot would hide, and also what a Bigfoot checkout station is, we would love to know. Yeah. And or if you are um, Justin Humphrey, the Oklahoma State rep, is trying to put this through, please also get a hold of us and tell us exactly what your plan is. Yeah, we love talking to crazy people. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. And again, if you're a Bigfoot listening to our show, just get the hell out of Oklahoma and come up to Washington, specifically Skamania or Whatcom County, where you will be safe. Because it sounds like people are going to be coming for you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hey, everyone. Hi. We just wanted to tell you we found some really crazy cute camping mugs by Loptopop. Lollipop. <laughs> Thanks, Carol. <laughs> that made us think of our creepy camping stories episode. The mug shows what disturbing things can happen to you if you make the brave choice to go camping in the woods. Yeah, they're really cute. They show this alien spaceship hovering over a tent about to beam up whoever's inside. And I love what it says. The copy reads, go camping, they said. It'll be fun, they said. Sure it will be. That's exactly why Carol and I stay home from camping. We don't <laughs> want to get attacked by aliens. That's right. Yeah, but they are so adorable. Anyway, we thought it would be fun to have a quick contest to see if you would want to win these camping mugs. And if you don't already, follow us on Facebook and Twitter, please. Our Twitter handle is at FiresideFans. That is fans, P-H-A-N-S, or on Facebook at Fireside Phantoms, and then DM us with the answers to the following two questions. All right, guys. The first question would be, in our Creepy Camping Stories episode number 51, which two stories did Carol say I, Holly, would love or were especially for me? And the second question is, what was the name of Holly's outdoor school that she went to as a kid? If you can DM us on Twitter and our Facebook with the correct answers, we will send the first two people with the correct answer a creepy camping mug. It's just that easy. So easy. We will announce the winners in a couple of weeks on the show. We just wanted to do this as a big thank you for all of you who have been listening and supporting our show. Yes, and keep on listening too because we hope to do more of these giveaways in the future. That's right. Wonderful. Yeah. Thanks again. Thanks again. Bye. This 
one uh, I wasn't going to do, but then I saw that Newsweek covered it, and I thought, ooh, that's a that's a very good source, so I'm going to oh, go ahead. Way to up me with your sources. <laughs> Newsweek, Newsweek. So I grabbed off the Newsweek article, and here we go. Recently, an online music retailer posted an ad for a haunted guitar in which the asking price was $666. Do you know the story? No. You like it because you're a musician. Um, the seller claimed that the guitar was haunted and even slapped a disclaimer on it that says, quote, please use extreme caution when conjuring the phantasmic spirits that seem to be channeled through this iniquitous instrument, end quote. As the story goes, the guitar seller was gifted this haunted guitar by the mother of its previous owner. The previous owner was the woman's 13-year-old son, who in 1979 dabbled in dark magic, Satan, and the occult. Oh. He was found dead on his bed with the guitar laying on top of him. Oh. His cause of death was found to be electrocution, which is no small feat for an acoustic guitar. When the new owner received the guitar, some weird and disturbing things happened to him, or so he claims. He said that he can hear the guitar playing when no one is around it, he has put the guitar in his closet on numerous occasions, only to come home to find the guitar waiting for him on his bed. Yikes. He lives alone, so it's kind of creepy that that would happen. Very creepy. Finally, after all of that, he decided he had had enough, so he threw the guitar into the trash, to which the guitar promptly levitated out of said trash. No way. <laughs> That's what he, he says. Saw it he saw it levitate. He said he saw it levitate out of the trash. That is when he decided to post it for sale online, along with its dark and troubled history, to be crystal clear to buyers of what they would be getting. You know who's going to buy that? I know you already know the answer to this, goddammit. You know who's going to buy it. Uh, you know already who's going right. to buy it. Cue Zach Baggins Zach of <laughs> Ghost Adventures fame. I knew you were going to say it. He buys all the good he shit. falls for all of this shit. All of it. God yeah. dang it, Zach, leave some haunted stuff for us. This is why it made Newsweek. Because of Zach course. Baggins was like, I am all over that guitar. Dang it. Upon hearing the story behind this guitar, Zach Baggins forked over the $666, and now the guitar is on its way to live in his haunted museum in Las Vegas, Nevada. We have got to see that museum. I, we do. That would be a fun trip. My last one. So this one is on the best evidence of the afterlife contest. Billionaire Robert Bigelow. Bigelow of Skinwalker Ranch. Yes. Who owns the Bigelow Aerospace Company and the Budget Suites of America. That's how he actually built his fortune. I didn't know that. And obviously the previous owner of the Skinwalker Ranch has thrown down the gauntlet regarding the afterlife. He is offering a very substantial prize for those who are able to give him the best essay that shows proof of the afterlife. Bigelow founded the Bigelow Institute for Conscious Studies in June of 2020 after the death of his wife. Previous to that, he had lost a son and a grandson to suicide, so I'm sure that losing these people close to him has really pursued him to find the knowledge of the afterlife, right? Mm -hmm. The BICS, which is the Bigelow Institute for Conscious Studies, is looking for scientific evidence as well as objective and subjective supported documentation as gathered from credible witnesses, validated experiences, photographic or electronic evidence, and literature. 
In order to compete, you must qualify with the Institute by showing that you are a serious researcher. And that you've died. You present your <laughs> death certificate. If you're a ghost, there's a different way to apply. And then you can you still can win the money. You can still win the money, but you as a ghost, there's a you have to kind of appear as an apparition and you have to speak in sign language. I don't know. There's a, some special It's a ghost hoop. station that you have to appear yes. at. Yes. You have to check out at the ghost station. You. There's a lot of, of hoops you have to jump through. <laughs> it's really a pain in the ass if you're an apparition. So maybe sit this one out. But in order to qualify you I'm sorry, in order to compete, you must qualify with the institute by showing that you are a serious researcher. This would include having a minimum five years studying and researching this topic as well as affiliating with reputable organizations such as the Society for Psychical Research. The deadline just to apply to write the essay was February 28th, 2021 so unfortunately if you want in the deadline has already passed though Bigelow, yeah, Bigelow has stated there will be more contests in the future. After you submitted your application to the Institute, you will receive an email letting you know if you have been accepted. If you are accepted, you have until August 1st, 2021 to submit your 25,000 word essay. The top winner will receive, Carol, $500,000. 25,000 words? <laughs> that sounds like a term paper. But you missed the point of the oh, $500,000. <laughs> I was you're coming I was 25,000 words post traumatic stress syndrome from writing <laughs> you're essays. thinking back of your college days <gasps> and you're like 25,000 words oh my god and I'm thinking 500,000 that's half a million dollars yeah for a 25,000 word essay after taxes though that's not much Holly that's <laughs> not much to, he needs to up it yeah I so, mean Bigfoot come on gets well, that's, over that's two true million. that's a good point you're right second prize will be 300,000 Third prize will be one hundred and fifty thousand. No, not even worth it. And eleven other prizes at fifty thousand dollars each. Our mugs are more worth more <laughs> than that. Bigelow has also put together a board of experts to evaluate the essays, including Leslie Keane, who was the journalist who wrote the book *Surviving Death*, in which the Netflix series was based on. Cool. He went ahead and he asked Leslie King, as well as people on the board that include all the different scientists, including neurologists, psychiatrists, philosophical and religious PhDs, which I think is interesting that he included them, too. Mm -hmm. He's got molecular biologists. He's got statisticians. He's got a lot of different scientists on this board. So it's kind of impressive that he's been able to put all these people together to to read these essays and really evaluate them from different perspectives. So you can go on to the Bigelow Institute for Conscious Studies website to see everybody he has included on the board. The winners will be announced on November 1st, 2021. And I just wanted to read this last part that is directly from their website because I think it's pretty interesting. It's basically the mission statement that they have for doing this contest. Quote, despite intriguing evidence of the number of research groups and funding devoted to investigating the survival of human consciousness beyond death is shockingly small in the Western world. Even though all 7.8 billion humans on planet Earth will eventually die, very little high-quality research is being conducted on perhaps the most important and fundamental question facing our species. 
There are almost no significant conferences or symposia on this question, which could appeal to scientists, academics, and others with advanced training. This is partly because such research is not taken seriously by the current scientific paradigm. It is probably time to end this closed-minded approach. We at BICS believe that the only way to do so is to appeal to qualified professionals who have the power to create change. The purpose of the BICS is to raise awareness among the public and within the scientific community of the importance and relevance of such an investigation. BICS hopes to provide a public service by drawing increasing attention to and encouraging research into this fundamental and timeless topic. We are seeking hard evidence, quote, beyond a reasonable doubt, end quote, that takes us beyond religion or philosophy and provides a body of knowledge to be brought widely into the public arena that could be unifying in its impact on human awareness and culture. Okay, I'll just say, whoever wrote that mission statement is the one that required 25,000 freaking words. <laughs> they should get the, the $300,000 prize. That was the longest mission statement I read, ever. I read the whole thing. I know it's too long for the show, but I read the whole thing because I think the whole thing is very compelling because they're basically calling the scientific community out. And they're saying, we know you think this is a bunch of bullshit, but it's time for you to really take it seriously and really take a look at it because we want to know. Yeah, we want to know. And it happens to everyone. Yeah. Um, and yeah, there's no profit in it because once you die, I mean, what's to be gained? But right. it's still cool. It's still, it's something that he's it's basically throwing this challenge down to these scientists saying, look, I want to know what happens to, to you when you die. Everyone on the planet wants to know what happens to mm -hmm. you when you die. I mean, you've already decided that it doesn't exist. That's simply because you haven't been able to prove that it exists. Hey, Carol, you know what I was thinking about? What were you thinking about, Holly? A couple episodes back um, when we did our tarot readings, you had said that you were um, thinking that there are going to be some earthquakes in New Zealand. I think I mentioned that uh, on our Nostradamus predictions, I was trying to interpret the quatrains. Anyway, I think you did a good job of that because um, New Zealand got hammered with some bad I earthquakes. No, that you was see crazy. That? Initially, three. Yeah, three earthquakes came through. And initially, they thought it was an 8.9, but I they know. knocked it down to an 8.1 at this point, but still really bad earthquakes. Yep, I saw that one. So good job. I'm the new Nostradamus now, guys. <laughs> um, yeah, that was crazy. And I'm glad. I don't think a lot of people were injured. Thank goodness. Yeah. And no tsunami. So oh, thank goodness for that. Because remember when Japan's earthquake hit. I know that was. That tsunami was unbelievable. That was awful. It was really so. bad. Well, anyway, I hope that we can start getting some hits on our tarot readings, too. I know, I know. And so Carol and I uh, did our spreads, and we asked the question, um, what's going to happen with this Bigfoot Sasquatch quest in Oklahoma? Mm -hmm. um, and I, Carol, do you want to go first, or do you want me to go you first? You can go first this okay. time. I am using the... Um, trip and weight tarot, which essentially is the Rider weight tarot deck, but it's just done in psychedelic colors. It's really cute and fun. It's a real trip. Yeah, it sure is. The artist is James Abrams. And uh, thanks, James, for your wonderful contribution to the tarot industry. Um, the three cards that I pulled about Bigfoot Quest in Oklahoma 
was the Queen of Wands in the reverse position and the Five of Wands and the Nine of Cups. So, Carol, to me, the Queen of Wands in the reverse position makes me laugh because I, I feel like that means that the women of the world or of the country or of the state of Oklahoma or just you and I are looking at this as a bad idea. <laughs> We're like, no, I even as a as a capturing a Bigfoot, I think it could still warrant some dangerous situations for people. So mm -hmm. there is kind of a, um, a not uh, not feeling it thinking that's not supported, especially by women. And um, there's kind of like a no, let's try to avoid this, which is funny because it's followed by the five of wands, which is a card of a oh, bunch of people fighting, <laughs> fighting, fighting and trying to get Competition. the money. I mean, we are talking about $2.125 million. Right, so you see a lot of competitors in Oklahoma fighting for this bounty, looking for the Bigfoot, fighting with each other. So it's creating a lot of conflict because people want this money. That is such a great card to yeah, pull. Yeah, it is. And we end with the Nine of Cups, which I love in this deck in particular because it shows a genie coming out of a bottle. <laughs> oh, that's great. Which shows the all-powerful genie. And to me, I look at this card and I think to myself, Bigfoot will elude them all. Yep, he's going to show them up. He, They're not going to catch him. He's going to remain in control. And he's going to be watching all of this, laughing to himself. Because the Nine of Cups in traditional tarot just means self-satisfaction. <laughs> and I think, in my interpretation, he's just going to be watching and laughing, and he, they're not going to be able to catch him. <laughs> I don't think they're going to be able to come up with a Bigfoot. So what did you get? And what cards are you using? Oh, yeah. I need you to read my packet here because I'm blind and I didn't bring my... Oh, you didn't bring your glasses. Um, you are using the Pagan Otherworlds Tarot. Ooh. Yeah, and they're very pretty. They are pretty. Uh, but this decks uh this particular tarot deck has an element to it of the moon cycles which mm -hmm. i think is unique oh, uh, a cool. lot of a lot of the tarot uh, card packs don't have that uh -huh. and coincidentally i drew a moon card oh hey cool so uh, my first card i drew shows the crescent moon okay so i believe bigfoot will be remaining hidden mm -hmm. away i think you're right because it's not fully illuminated Right. So he eludes. He eludes. Um, they might get glimpses of him, though, because it's not fully yeah, there black. There you go. It's not a or they might moon. bring in a wolf and pretend it's Bigfoot, but it's <laughs> not going to be Bigfoot. Right. Um, the Knight of Wands is really kind of paralleling your fighting card. It's it's yes. men with great passion riding yes. forward. Going into war. And acting as if they are conquering and there i think there's going to be a lot of people pretend that they have caught bigfoot and we're going to have the scientists go uh -uh. right yeah and i end with the ace of pentacles but holly it's reversed mm -hmm. so nobody's going to end up getting the money nope that money is not going to go anywhere nope because it shows really a delay in receiving money so i think you know the competition probably needs to be extended <laughs> <laughs> more money more money in the pot or more you know we got to up it yeah. to longer than you know well i don't think there's a time frame i think it's just whoever ca captures the first bigfoot okay so yeah so the money is going to be delayed it's yeah. not going to be super fast they're not gonna be able to catch him anyway. there's no way he's too elusive 
go Bigfoot. Yeah, Bigfoot, we got your back, boy. Yeah. Well, if he's an inv- if he's like a dimensional entity, <laughs> you can't really catch him. <laughs> I know. How would you catch it? Like you throw a net it. over it or something? Like how would you even? That's do what that? we really should have done is done the cards on how to catch. That's Bigfoot. true. That's true. Maybe next time. Maybe like um, a sleep dart. You know, when they shoot animals with those sleep tranquilizers mm-hmm. and then they fall asleep and then you can catch it? That would be the way I would do it. Yeah, I'd lure it out with some food. <laughs> <laughs> some little children. A s'more. Oh, God, that's awful. <laughs> Put some little kids out there and wait for Bigfoot to come find you. Oh, man. Oh, that well, should have been my line. Reading. <laughs> yeah, that should have been your line. Thanks, guys. Uh, thanks, guys. Have a good one. Maybe we should come up with a safe word. Like, stop. Stop. (laughs) (laughs) I need you to stop. Teamed up with the Oklahoma Tourist Board and come up with an idea called Sasquatch. (laughs) Sassy. Sassy. Sassy Sassy Sasquatch. We're going to name him Sassy. God damn it. Okay. (laughs) When conjuring the phantasmic spirits that seem to be channeled through this Inequi- oh, I'm going to fuck this up. <laughs> I already know I'm going to fuck this up. I should have practiced this. Um, Repeat that whole thing. <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> As the flames die down, do remain undaunted. Though all hitchhikers are ghosts and all dolls are definitely haunted. guys be sure to follow us on instagram our handle is at fireside phantoms if you have a spooky story you would like to share with us send it to firesidephantoms at gmail.com and you may hear it on a future episode